Good morning. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's Wednesday already, y'all. It's it's a it's Wednesday. That this makes two weeks of this channel being live, which is pretty cool, if I do say so myself. Oh yeah, because it was Wednesday two weeks ago that we made this channel. Yeah. And we are up to 450 subscribers. So Ooh, thank y'all. Awesome. We we have a quiet goal of of maybe wanting to hit 500 by Friday, and I think we can do it. Uh, with the help of our downline. Uh, all you have to do is recruit your closest friends, family, um, acquaintances, high school, uh, dropouts. I, I don't fucking know. Captain of, your, of the football team who now it does, does absolutely nothing except for talk about the glory days, recruit them, and uh, tell them that we have a promising business opportunity for them. I think that's a brilliant idea, yeah. I'm so excited. I want I I can't wait for us to hit a thousand. Mm, when we hit a thousand, we gotta do a fake Bitcoin giveaway. <laughs> We're totally giving away one Bitcoin. All you have to do is like, retweet, subscribe, follow us on all social media, and promise not to look into who the winner is. Brilliant. Brilliant. Y'all, this morning I, I just yesterday in the mail I got the 10x me daddy beanie. Oh, that means mine's almost here because I got the hoodie the day after you got the hoodie. I think I forgot to hit the send button to send you your hat. So I got to resend it to you. Oh. I made a big mistake. I realized that when I was big looking at the orders. Huge. I, I made <laughs> a huge mistake, which was that I forgot to. I was drunk when I ordered your hat or and my hat. I was drunk when I ordered all the hats. And then when I got to yours, I sent you the picture to see if you liked it. And then I was like, oh, cool. And then I just assumed it was ordered, and it turns out it wasn't when I looked through the orders. So I got to do that today. <laughs> oh, to the to the people who are actually saying that they'll get people to sub. I, I was only kidding. I, I honestly, one of the things I love about this channel is that just at, like last I checked our analytics, like eighty percent or over eighty percent of our subs watch our videos, which is fantastic. I really don't want like the fake subs coming in uh, to drive up our numbers. I, I'd I'd rather be ugly with a personality. Yeah. We like that, like, everyone who's subbed to this channel watches the videos, because I know what people say a lot of YouTube channels get about 10% engagement, and we have almost 100% engagement, because the people who are subscribed to this channel actually watch everything. Yeah, I'd rather grow a lot slower and keep that, like, 100% engagement or, you know, over 80% engagement than to have 10,000 subscribers that don't care that we exist. Because, <laughs> believe it or not, guys, we do this for the attention. We, oh, absolutely, absolutely for the attention, yes. That, believe it or not, we put ourselves out on the internet for attention, guys. Who would have thought? My, my we, private thoughts go in my journal. Mushroom, as Mushroom Destroyer said, yes, that was a, a drunk shopping fail on my part. That was, uh, that was not a good example of using uh, of drunk shopping. Yeah, why are you responsible when you drunk shop for me and like totally irresponsible when you drunk shop for you? Well, no, in this case, I was irresponsible because I forgot to send you your hat. Exactly. You kept, like, you, 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 you kept more money. Even, even if I'm sending you money for the hat, you keep the money then. And then you're just like, oh, RK, I'm so sorry. I'll totally send you your hat. Wink, wink. And then when it's like a bigger ticket item, you keep even more money. Yes, we're basically describing, you know, theft, but. <laughs> no, I don't. Also, I don't think you <laughs> no. gave me any money for the hat yet, so we're still. I good. didn't no, yet, so we're still good. Yeah, no, no but, money's exchanged any hands. We're all good. Everything's good. I was not trying to make it sound like you're a thief. I was describing theft. 
you just yeah. happen to be the example. That, sort of, that is, sort of like yeah. uh, high school physics when they're like, okay, guys, today we're going to learn velocity. So if we push Charlotte off this building at this angle, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you learned physics. We never talked about it that way. Buffalo, our teacher loved putting th uh, people's names on the quizzes. <laughs> Only it wasn't like buildings. It was like if they if they fall off a waterfall and some shit like that, you had to draw the triangle and calculate. Yeah, you know. You know how it is when your high school physics teacher wants to like murder people. All right, y'all. So here's we have four mug designs right now. And then there's you can get this this fun hat that I'm wearing that says 10x me daddy, which I'm excited to wear out in public. Yeah, you are. You you'll pull it off in public too. Yeah. Actually, I wonder what kind of cat call what, what yeah, cat calls. Cat calls you're going to get in that. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm curious now. He's like, I'll 10x you, baby. Whatever that, whatever that means. Yeah, right now I usually just get like cat calls related to my dog. So I guess they would be dog calls. But it's 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 guys being like, when you're done walking that dog, will you come walk me? And I'm like, what? <laughs> At least now you know that they like to have like a leash put on them and dragged from place to place. I don't even know that about random old dudes in my neighborhood. Random old dudes kinks are getting dragged to Costco by a leash. <laughs> oh my God. Take me bulk shopping, bitch. <laughs> All right. So this morning's stream is called eating elk meat with Joe Rogan, except my elk meat hasn't come in the mail yet. So instead I'm going to pull up a video of Joe Rogan talking about elk meat. And then tomorrow I will actually begin to eat my elk meat because it should be in, it should come in the mail so, by the end of the night. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm feeling a little bad lately because I know I've been making fun of Canada a lot. And as a country, I know it doesn't deserve to get made fun of as regularly as I do. So to make up to it, instead of insulting Canada, I'm gonna go province by province from now on. Okay. So that way, so that so that way, I'm I'm more specific. Okay. Who are you insulting today? Ontario, the big O. <laughs> What's wrong with Ontario? Other than the housing prices, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> and Drake. And Justin Bieber? Fuck, go to Mississauga and tell me what's wrong with Ontario, okay? They think they're the shit because their baseball team won the World Series in the 90s. They think they're the shit because the Maple Leafs won a Stanley Cup in the 60s. The I only thing Ontario has given us is the tragically hip. And I love them for that. I'll forever love them for that. But they fucking suck. They, their capital is a joke. Wait, is Ottawa in Ontario? I don't even know. Fuck Ontario. <laughs> I love how you started this off by being like, I feel bad that I've been insulting Canada and then just went on a rant about a part of Canada. Well, but I guess you're, you're being specific. I, I don't hate America. I hate parts of America. So, I see. So I'm going to apply that same logic to, to like other countries. You know, I'm not going to say I hate this country. I'm going to look up really specific things to hate about those countries like Canada and this reputation they have for, uh, you know, for, for, for being the polite people that apologize for everything and hold the doors open. Like, I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all swerved into that meme way too much. I know there are assholes in Canada. We all know there are assholes in Canada. One look at Justin Bieber. We know there's assholes in Canada. I'm making it my mission to ruin that reputation. Um, according to Kimberly, she said my friend in Ontario said her friend paid 700000 over asking price for a house. How... 
How much was the what? How much was the house that seven hundred thousand more was not like triple the price of the house to begin with? Oh wait, I actually I have something really cool to say. Yeah. Like for first off, y'all, I'm sorry. In case y'all didn't know, I am totally joking. I love Canada. Love y'all. Um, even though I got totally exploited for work in Canada as a kid. Moving on. Um, <laughs> this uh, we, we have a subscriber, Dark Painted Ruse, who's who's in the chat right now who followed me on Instagram last night and we went to college together and we were in the same Rocky horror cat shadow cast together. So I was super excited to see that. So what's up dark painted Ruse? But did you guys like know each other? Yeah. We were in the same Rocky horror horror shadow cast together, the satanic mechanics. That's amazing. And you just like realized this now. Well, they followed me on, um, on Instagram last night and Dude, I was that's like, amazing. Holy shit. Are you, Ashley from Satanic Mechanics. Yep, and I was super excited. It's 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 a flash from a very colorful past. Dude, that's amazing. I uh, love that. So maybe maybe we can all group watch Satanic Mechanics sometimes on the <laughs> or not Satan uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Absolutely, dude. That's so fun. I love when those fun connections like that happen. You want to hear something really funny too? So I have no issue going on streams naked or shirtless now but yeah. when i was in rocky horror i was too insecure to take my shirt off as brad majors oh wow so you've come a long way yes i have that's Good what for you that's what your 20s do to you i'm i'm proud of your uh self-confidence development yeah it's from these gurus y'all see just... i would love to come shirtless onto a stream but i feel like it would get flagged i'll borrow your boobs just one day i don't want okay. them forever but like <laughs> i'll send them to you in the mail Thank you. With my hat. With your hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dark Painted Ruse says, I have a lot of the pre-show videos on my YouTube. Oh, wait, really? Hold up. Let's go to Dark Painted Ruse's YouTube real quick. Yeah, y'all. Rocky Horror was awesome. That's so fun that, like, oh, I love when those kind of things happen. Dark Painted Ruse. Yeah, aren't also like long lost college friends so much better than long lost high school friends? Because long lost college friends are like, how are you? How's your career? And long lost high school friends are like, so I joined Cutco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I dude. want to give you this opportunity. Yeah, Dark Painted Ruse on YouTube has a bunch of these videos. I wonder how many of them you're in. I don't know, but I also just got to push that um, on Disney Plus this Friday, the new Mighty Duck show is coming out. So I'm excited about that. Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm going to watch these videos and see if I can spot the younger version of you in them. I mean, I'm pretty much just a bigger, I, I, I don't know. I think, I, I think my, my weight was wild in college. I wanted to like, I wanted to freshman year with the freshman 15 already. And then I lost all, like I, I was down to my healthiest, like the start of my sophomore year. And then I yo-yoed back up my junior year. Cause I got in a committed relationship and something about committed relationships when they first start out, just really make you big. <laughs> interesting yeah the, no that's true <laughs> that's true um yeah i was i was skinny in college and my hair changed pretty frequently so sometimes it was like really long and huge sometimes it was like shorter than this sometimes it was purple so and then i tried the poly thing um and yeah. i realized it's not for me but uh, i still tried it anyway and then when you have two girlfriends you get back into shape because you know it takes a lot of effort to have two girlfriends. Um, and then I <laughs> went back into a single monogamous relationship senior year and I gained weight again. So so that's my weight in college, y'all. That's interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone here wants to lose weight, don't go for like diet fads. Just have multiple significant others. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. Maybe that's why I can't lose weight because I'm married. Even though I'm eating low carb, I've been eating low carb for weeks and not losing weight because I'm married. Being married just makes you gain weight. <laughs> be, be, marriage is the bread of relationships. Doll is here. What's up, doll guys? Doll's going to come on the stream in about 15 minutes today to up, uh, be our interview guest. Until then, let's hear what Joe Rogan has to say about elk meat. Alberta and you shot an elk and these wolves circled the elk and when it's a surprise shot you're just concentrating entirely on the area that you want to hit on the elk the the finger trigger you're like oh, yeah. oh geez, got yeah. you're like Wah! and they bully the shit out of those young bulls they chase them away like mm. you get no pussy I mean, if you right. saw a person whose muscle tissue looked like a Wagyu steak, you'd be like, bro, you got to get on a fucking diet. But if you saw an athlete, if you looked at an athlete's muscle tissue, it would look like a piece of elk. It would right. look very lean and healthy right. and dense. People don't know, man. So is that why he likes elk meat? Because it's very, it's like a bit lean meat with high protein. Is it like oh. good for getting ripped? Is that what he likes it for? Don't forget, like in, in Captain Simbad's video, he's like, guys, elks are super athletes. So when you eat one, it's like eating an Olympian. And then you get that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to try my elk meat jerky tomorrow. It's still it's going to come in the mail tonight, I think. So we'll see how that is. Dude, we'll he's definitely someone who is like, you are what you eat. And was like, I want to be an Olympian. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a super athlete. Yeah, Ew, wow. You're eating uh, a super athlete. Elk boomer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You're eating a super athlete. That was brilliant. Just the <laughs> Well, I mean, I stole that from Captain Simbad. Um, sure, but like, I just love how you said it, and then he immediately said it. It was like the timing was perfect. Yeah, I mean, he, he wants to be a super athlete. Army Hammer wants to be... Never mind, let's just keep going. <laughs> Ooh. That is weird. It happens in elk. It happens in all these different animals. It's, and they fight. I mean, the reason why these antlers on mm -hmm. this elk, yeah, those yeah. are for fighting. Going through the two elk that I've given away a lot of it to yeah. that I shot last year. They actually mm. lose those fucking things after they're done breeding. They fall off and they grow back again the next year. That's the fastest body part growth known to man is elk antlers. That's a good way to get shot by a dude. I've been on this kick for the past three or four months where I just eat kimchi and elk like three, four times a week. I mean, that stuff. They call them satellite bulls. They're so horny. They're susceptible to hunters because hunters will like uh, make a cow calling. They make this fuck. noise and they go like, yeah, who wants a fuck? Who wants a fuck? And then they get shot. You eat elk, you're, eat, you're literally eating a super athlete or they think they're a fight. <laughs> He's like, you eat elk, you're literally eating a super athlete. I like this. Queen of Spades says, elk is to Joe what lobster is to Jordan. I wonder, I don't wonder if Jordan Peterson eats lobster. I know that he talks about lobster a lot, but I think he eats exclusively beef, which is uh, boring and sad. But I'm excited to eat elk tomorrow. That's the other thing you do. You make a bugle like... <laughs> It's already better than yours. <laughs> 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 
That wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad, right? They have these horns you blow. Yeah. These bugles. And then the 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 elk will go, What? You want some of this bitch? And it'll come around the corner to like fight. looking for yeah. Looking for another elk to fuck up. And Dude, then, I love hearing him talk about elk. Every year I schedule two elk hunts and uh assume I'm gonna strike out. When you eat an elk, man, you're eating an animal that's getting away from wolves and bears <laughs> and fighting to the death with swords growing up. <laughs> He just goes, when you eat an elk, here's what you're eating. <laughs> you're yeah. going to gain all of the elk's good qualities. Dude, he he loves, like, I, I, I love how much he loves elk meat. It's so pure. Yeah. I think that's one thing I'm enjoying about Joe Rogan is there's a, there's a beautiful purity to him. And maybe it's because we chose someone who's really just, we chose, like, a celebrity instead of, like, a full-on guru this week because... As he doesn't, he's not someone who's trying to tell me how to live my life. He's just expressing joy at the things he likes, and I think that there's something really beautiful about that. I, I agree. I mean, he has that he has that self awareness that we all just respect and are, are seeking our uh, or respect and are seeking our. out of its head <laughs> i mean literally it's a forest horse with fucking spears growing out of its head yeah. and they're just out there hustling they have actual uh elk decoys that they use that they actually put on the front of the bow mm -hmm. you got your bow here mm -hmm. extending in front of your bow is like it looks like a female elk yeah oh so that's God. an elk it's like a decoy, and you're actually shooting through her at the elk i don't think their vision is very good uh i saw a male uh elk Fuck a female elk. It was crazy. He smashed oh, wow. it so hard she went flying forward when she got tackled. Wait, does he watch elk porn knees. too? Like does he, he watch the porn on... of the things he eats? <laughs> that is something weird that I've never thought about in my life, but now you've made me curious. When and you what, say elk porn, do you mean like furry stuff? Or do you mean like, does he like watch nature videos of elks mating? I think he, I, like, it, well, he just described watching a nature video. I, I wonder if it's like he only wants to eat what he can watch nature videos of. Maybe. Well, it's clear from like some of the clips that he's uh, hunting the elk himself, which is uh, that's cool. Like, good for him. On top, and he's a one-pump chump. Boom! He just slammed into it when they're fucking and when they're in in heat and they're yeah. breeding in the rut. They call it. It's amazing to watch. So, dude, you're you're amazing. Like every time you say something and I hit the button, he says it immediately after that. You're like, does he watch elk porn? Now he's talking about how he watches elks mating. So, well, no, he said it before. I didn't just say that randomly. Like he said, he watches these two. He watched these two elks going at it. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, now, guys, he's talking about elks doing it. So. I mean, this is something they only do once a year. So for 11 months out of the year, they're cool with each other. They're all just hanging out together. Mm -hmm. And one month out of the year, it's chaos. Just fighting to the death with other males. Yeah. Smashing so elks do the purge. The pur <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the elk purge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe the purge was onto something. I mean, if nature does it, where it's like, guys, we, we can have this beautiful animal kingdom for 11 months. And then just one month, we just kill everything. Yeah. Elf anarchy for one month. All we do is fight and fuck and destroy our surroundings. And then the rest of the year we'll be chill. We'll be chill. Sounds like Joe Rogan. I mean, I'm not saying like based on facts. I just mean based on his personality from what I can see. Like I can, I could see him coming back as an elk. Yeah. An yeah, elk in his DMT. Sense. 
Yeah, Sako, that's what we were saying. Rogan's not really much of a guru. He he does a lot He's of... He's a thought uh, Yeah. I think, I think because he has such an interesting lifestyle is why we chose to live as him this week. Because... Even I, I feel like he's not a guru in the sense that he doesn't try, like, this is why we actually kind of like him as opposed to some of the others, is that he isn't trying to sell courses to other people on how to live his lifestyle and things like that, but he definitely does have, like, a, a, a type of life that he lives and promotes and wants to uh, uh, tell people about all the time. So, he's kind of... He's kind of likable. Little, he's kind of likable. Yeah, he's he's kind of likable. I like him. I like him a lot. Cher, I would be glad to debate your dad. Well, uh, would you smoke weed with Joe? I mean, I mean, I feel like it's a stupid question. With I know Joe the answer Rogan? is yes. Absolutely, yeah. It's more along the lines of like, who would you rather smoke weed with more than Joe Rogan? That's a good question. I feel like I just feel like that would just be a nice experience. Although sometimes I get I. I I've talked about this before. If I ever get too high, I have to watch Everybody Loves Raymond. Because, like, if I get too high, I start to freak out that the world is so weird and I cannot handle anything. And then I have to tell myself, okay, Savvy, go turn on Everybody Loves Raymond. Because Everybody Loves Raymond is such an aggressively average show. Like, everything in it is so normal. And so like average that just watch Everybody Loves Raymond and you'll come back down to reality. So I have to spend like three hours watching Everybody Loves Raymond before my, my, I will be okay at that point. So that's why, that's why one reason that I'm not as much of a fan of edibles because I end up in Everybody Loves Raymond mode sometimes from that. I see this going one of two ways. One, you're going to take an edible and just like get absorbed by the TV and end up in Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. Or two you're going to like, I was saying like soon, cause I'm not gonna put this energy on you, but in the distant future, when you're on your deathbed and you're gonna be like too scared to die, you're gonna turn on Everybody Loves Raymond and just watch it for like 10 years and doctors are gonna be like, we can't explain it. Like everything failed. She's operating with zero <laughs> organs, but she just like can't die because she's watching Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, maybe that'll happen. Yeah, well, I mean, okay. So this Friday we got a, we're going to smoke weed with Joe Rogan, so uh, he won't know that we're there with him because he'll be on the screen, but I got to go to the dispensary today to get the weed. And feel free to participate if you participate. Don't let us peer pressure you if you don't want to. Don't feel pressured to, but Friday is very 420 friendly if you want to partake. My goal, so Friday is like, I'm, I'm going to interview two people for videos in the afternoon. So my plan is going to be like, get high with you and Joe Rogan in the morning, do my video premiere for the Friday premiere, and then I'm going to take a nap and watch Everybody Loves Raymond, and then wake up in time to do my interviews with other people. That's my goal. Ooh, I loved your interview with uh, Cruel Happy World. Oh, yeah, guys. Or World Cruel, whatever her name is. Cruel World Happy Mind. Cruel World Happy Mind. I should pull that up in a second. Cruel World Happy Mind, if you guys know her, she's another, she does similar type of videos to me, like anti-MLM and business guru expose video essays and stuff. Her videos are really good. So she did a video, um, she did a two-part series, actually, about there was an article in The Atlantic that came out kind of talking about the anti-MLM movement, but it talked about it in a weird, very biased way that didn't really represent what we do at all. And a lot of people who read the article were like, this is odd. So because I work in journalism, she 
had me come on to her video to do to dissect the article from like a writing perspective with her. So that's, we have a whole like 20 minute long section in the video that just went up yesterday talking about it. And it was really fun. It was really fun. So uh, I highly recommend everyone check that video out because, and the first like parts one and two, because it's a really interesting uh, exploring into bias journalism and things like that. Yeah, I saw I, I saw she's having a baby share. I also saw her husband. I'm not gonna lie, I, I kinda hate like what a hot couple they are. Like like they're too beautiful together. They're very beautiful. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's it's kinda like it it absorbs the the beauty of the rest of the world. Like they had to absorb it to get that beautiful. I don't know, it's it's scary beautiful. I think I've told three people that they can come on our show on Friday. So I think we're we'll gonna just have rotate. To, well no, we don't even have to rotate. We can just bring everyone on at once. Can bring everyone on and get high and have a good discussion. It'll be really fun. We have a party on Friday. Does someone really ask how I'm gonna work while high? I'm in finance. I mean, like, <laughs> what do you mean? How are you gonna work while high? <laughs> I feel like before, like back when you lived in New York, we would you would be high like every time we were working on something together. Like every time, like you were pretty much like, hold on, let me get high real quick. Because I had a medical card in New York. Yeah. <laughs> it was easy. And they delivered. <laughs> oh, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. I got I'm gonna I need to order stuff from the dispensary. I might go there this afternoon. Let's see. I wanted it's a lot a little bit of a walk from me, so I wanna see if I can take uh well I want Tyler to come with so he can walk Chewy, because I know I can't bring Chewy inside. But I want Chewy to get a nice long walk out of it. Yeah, Logan. Talking about you. Oh, Logan's a good boy. He opened one eye. Yeah, I told Gail she could come on on Friday, so Gail's gonna be here. I told Mushroom Destroyer she could come on on Friday. Who else? I think there was. Oh, you also check out Mushroom Destroyer's latest video. That hits hard. I don't think I've seen it yet. I will check on, it out. On binge eating. Oh yeah, yeah. That that video hits. That's a that's a fucking Mark McGuire video, out of the park. Yeah, I'll check that out. Um, so I know I've told, and then I feel like I told someone else on Facebook in my Facebook group that they could also come on on Friday. Now I don't remember who it was. But we're getting, a lot of y'all are coming on on Friday. It's going to be a party. Yeah, y'all, we, we grow together. I mean, actually, speaking of which, it's kind of beautiful. I was So I'm reading that Seth Godin book now. Which book? Uh, what is it called? I think it's called This Is Marketing. Um, let me double check the title. It's, yeah, it's called This Is Marketing. It's by Seth Godin. I really like him a lot. And here's something that I really got from the book that was beautiful. Let me find it real quick. No, that's not it. You're not a fat cat. Though that it was a funny line. Um, okay, it's not about getting the word out. He talks about how marketing is not a zero-sum game. Mm -hmm. The internet is not about who can be the loudest because the internet is just a billion little whispers. It's about finding a problem, creating something that will actually improve the lives of the people that you want to help and establishing that infrastructure. Deep. Like basically he's talking about how you're not at what marketing is today is not being loud and outspending your opponents. It's about being empathetic, understanding the problems of the audience that you want to find and helping them better than anyone else. And if you can, the more people you can help, the more successful you'll be. And I think that's a really beautiful sentiment. I think that's like, I think that's why we've had an easy time catching on with this show that we're doing, because I think we started with like, we started 
we didn't start with like we want to start a, a well we we knew we wanted to start a podcast like just as a concept we've been talking about that for a while but we didn't start this show with the idea of like what should our podcast be about it wasn't like that it was more like we both liked to um shit on business gurus all the time and make fun of them and we knew that they were scamming people and so from the the we already had like a, there was an audience of people who enjoyed learn like enjoyed the exposés and things like that so i think that this show is a good example of something that grew out of um a solution to something people already wanted as opposed to like trying to find a product and then seek out an audience i just really want an atlantic an, an, an atlantic article written about this show oh same i want it to be written in the most biased way possible most be, biased way possible i want to be taken out of context more than jordan peterson this nasally shirtless Jew and this scoliosis by looking motherfucker <laughs> with a question mark that questions her posture and her sexual orientation. <laughs> I love it. That's my spine, guys. My spine fucks me up. Your spine is queer. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I saw it was talking about spine health. It was saying like, you are the age of your spine. And now it's like, I wonder if you are the sexual orientation of your spine. I wonder. Yeah. Is it like, yeah, I wonder. Because, I mean, think about it. Straight male. I mean, they walk around with the straightest, like, erect, big dick, little, like, well, big see, dick, spine, little dick energy. I think that's why, yeah, because... <laughs> That's Jordan Peterson said that man. You got if you can stand up so straight with your shoulders back, your dick grows. Yeah, and, and he clearly was targeting that advice only to straight men, so that makes a lot of sense. And then it's like it's like Jordan Peterson's unaware of lesbians. Well, maybe that's because his advice doesn't apply to them because all lesbians have scoliosis. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe like. Maybe. We're, we're, we're not we're not doctors, but maybe maybe let all lesbians have school. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe like, we found this the secret. Maybe, maybe that's what it turns you into a lesbian is when your spine gets twisted. It releases the the gay energy from from your spinal fluid into your brain. And, and this is the thing that people don't understand. And this is the thing that everybody misses. Oh my goodness. Oh, scoliosis, you queer baiter. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I saw the tweet you were talking about. Last two oh, years, no. I've been very lucky and I got two elk each year. You eat one of those things, you eat it. It's like, oh, the fuck. Like you get charged up. You're like, yeah. you know, there's always wolves and there's always bears and there's always things that are trying to eat them and mountain lions are killing them. It's amazing. So and when I, you say that, wait a minute, hold on a second. You say they reported there's, so there's, they, they know that two were dead. They might, so I mean, smart. they had to have known that you killed the elk and they had to have known that you killed those other two wolves that chased you that yeah, went after yeah, you guys to I try think, to get the elk. It's very, very, very difficult to close in on a wild animal. What are you hunting? A giant bull, <laughs> enormous, biggest bull I've ever seen in my life. Down. It's a hard thing to yeah. do to fucking it kill is. an elk, it, mostly elk. Elk's my favorite for two reasons. It feels I've given Fuck it to people yeah. that have never eaten it before, and they're like, "Holy shit!" I'm like, "Yeah, you feel different, right?" It's very <laughs> delicious, super nutritious. Also, if I shoot one elk, I can eat it for like eight months. Whitetail, deer, elk—they've been extirpated from the majority of their range in North America. Seventy-five yards, right in the f <sighs> silverback. Seventy-five yards. It was perfect. It's how I practice. 
I mean, I have a oh shit. There's elk an elk target, right there. A giant elk target in my yard at 75 yards. He has an elk target in his yard. Of course he does. <laughs> he doesn't just like hunt. Like like his purpose in life is finding elk. Like he's the team rocket of elk hunters. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing, dude. All right, and Doll is here, guys. It's time for us to be Joe Rogan and conduct an interview. Um, pull it up, Jamie. Hey. Doll, what's up? Oh. Hi, hi. Uh, I had to I mute love the that YouTube you're showing side. Your, oh my god, you're showing your face. That's amazing. I feel honored that yeah. you're having your face on our stream. That's pretty amazing. I'm trying. I'm trying to to fit in the you know like i i don't think joe rogan would interview someone that's just in avatar mode because i don't know <laughs> so i'm just like hi this is me i try to great. put on eyeliner oh. for this <laughs> oh no your eyeliner looks great i it think looks it looks fantastic, fantastic. yeah <laughs> thank so you so first question have you ever eaten elk meat no no um, okay i have okay i have eaten reindeer does that oh. count I, I don't do you know. Feel, well, he says that eating elk makes him feel like an Olympian. So does eating reindeer make you feel like Santa? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> it's common in, in Finnish Lapland and in Sweden as well. It's common to have like reindeer cheese, which is like a pate of reindeer meat. I don't know. It's it's weird. So it's reindeer common. gets you health care. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Elk makes you a super Olympian and reindeer gets you a healthcare. So so y'all type in the chat if you'd rather get if you'd rather eat reindeer meat for healthcare or elk meat for superpowers. Yeah, if you want to have good healthcare and good assistance from the government, maybe you should try like reindeer meat and eat it more than I eat more than I did because I only had it once and I am as poor and, and as broke as you can get. So but maybe but I'm healthy most of it so i guess yeah good health reindeer meat <laughs> i wonder what meat gets us universal basic income because i might actually become a hunter for that one yeah same right i want that too <laughs> uh doll i just realized something too this is the first time i've ever seen you smile i love it because normally you're avatar mode and then when you're not avatar <laughs> mode it's like lava lamp mode <laughs> Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, I'm smiling. I'm, this is me in the morning. Don't be too afraid. <laughs> it's beautiful. So you, you introduced me to some wonderful music this year, or last year. Well, well, well I'm glad, glad you the, like it. What's the genre? <laughs> Symphonic metal? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Y'all are wild, but the fan base is wild. The, the, fan, the fan base is ridiculously wild. The music's the beautiful. No, the, okay, so the fandom, the fandom is, is, it could be very good or... or <laughs> Or both. <laughs> it could be wild. Yeah. The, the fandom, fandom is very interesting. It's like people who watch basketball in the 80s and think they're tough. It's like, man, like like the fandom thinks that they're brilliant musicians because they listen to brilliant musicians. And I get the right. same vibe of like people who watched basketball in the 80s and they're like, man, I'm so tough that when I watched basketball fat on my couch, the players used to beat each other up. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree. I'm a I'm a big fan of this band, but I don't play metal, and I'm like because I I have actual music training. I am aware that they are over here, and I am like over here. You know, it's like <laughs> there is a big difference. 
So, so no, the fandom is kind of wild. But I have met the nice ones too in person. On the internet, they go more wild than in person. I don't know. It, but it's very interesting. I, I just like the music very much. A few then, times and then you meet the Bjork about... fandom, Micah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have talked on the show a few times about how a lot of a lot of people or a lot of, you know, whether it's a business guru or a musician or a show or whatever, uh, the fandom is often the worst part. We've talked about like, oh, this is, this thing is not that bad, but the fans are insane. Like that, that kind the of fans could be, the fans could be insane. Uh, I, I hang out with the nice ones and then the, the ones that are very obsessive, I, I, I stay away from. I, yeah. I learned to find my little corner and stay in that corner and don't go <laughs> and don't go to the other group because percolates too much. <laughs> the worst fandom in the world for music. I don't want to get into like gurus or MLMs or like that. Is the Chris Webby fandom because they think they're so smart listening to this ridiculously corny rapper. And if you just call him out for his music, they get so fucking offended. The Chris Webby fan base is by far the, my least favorite one I've ever interacted with. Because I, he tried I wanna, you know oh, which sure. fandom I, you know which fandom I like a lot? Uh, the Great on Square fandom. That's, now that's a cool group. I want to be there. It's you, you, You're in it. You're in I'm Grand in Unified. You're, you're in <laughs> it. I, I would, yeah. His, I'm a, his, I'm a great on fan base is cool. I yeah, would, you know, you, you too, you too, RK. You introduced me to what is this name of this guy? Aesop Rock, dude. Oh, a oh Aesop Rock, yeah, Aesop oh, Rock, he's, he's dude. Fantastic. That guy, that that music is. Oh my god, I love it so much. Sometimes I find myself rapping, and I mm -hmm. and I play drums on the wheel when I'm feeling out of place or get when I'm feeling out of touch or get lost in the. Oh, that and, like, and that's oh. such a cool music video too. That's such a cool music video too. Oh, I love it. It's very sci-fi. It is very sci-fi. It's like, yeah, this is this is my music. I want to play more of this. <laughs> yeah, not not to oversimplify hip hop. It. Not to oversimplify no, no. it, but when I uh, but when I like looking for hip hop artists. I usually like, I, I like to know what their second hobby is. And I'm personally more partial to rappers who in their free time skateboard. I think they create some of the coolest music. <laughs> nice. Now, I have to look more into those. <laughs> yeah, like Tyler, the creator, Aesop Rock, Raiden Square. If you're a skateboarding rapper, I'm going to like you. <laughs> awesome. I'm a sci-fi writer. So like, if you have anything that is, sounds like kind of spacey or, or has like metaphors about galaxies and stuff like that, I'm like, yes, I'm there. I'm I'm the one. I, I want to talk about the universe as if I were high, but I'm not high. So <laughs> it's it's that kind of it's that kind of feeling. I like music that makes me think. So I enjoy I enjoy a lot of great on square and Ace of Rocks. I like it very much. I like your taste in rap. <laughs> I'm well, new to the genre. I'm glad it's good. <laughs> Well, Savvy, I'm going to point my knife at this way. Savvy, I don't want to hog the microphone. By all means, you take over. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, I was going to ask Dahl um, to tell us a little bit about, because you mentioned a few times that you're a sci-fi writer, and I know that you've got a few, um, you've got like a short story out, and you've got a few projects that you're working on. So do you want to tell, uh, talk a little bit about your writing and what you've got out now and what you're working on? Because okay, uh, obviously so... we will promote everyone who comes on the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Hello, everyone. I am a partially blind uh, writer. I write uh, science fiction as a primary genre, but I also, the thing is, I have a big sci-fi trilogy that I am working on and I am querying and I am looking for like literary agents and all that stuff. So that one is going to take a while to, to get into the world because it's going to be traditional publishing, uh, or at least I'm trying to do that. But in the meantime, I am releasing short stories in different genres. So there is like one sci-fi, there is a romance, there is a thriller noir, there is a, uh, I don't know, a dream nightmare fiction. I'm writing a horror. So it's like I'm a bit of a genre hopper. I love to explore different genres. But in the meantime, I'm writing a big sci-fi trilogy and probably more sci-fi books in the future because I love the genre very much. It makes me think. Who are your influences um, in the genre? Uh, my, my influences in the genre, I would say my biggest influence, and this is the weirdest because I, I know that a lot of people have not heard about him, but I don't care. Uh, it turns out that one of my biggest influences is actually Andres Nair Magnusson. He's an Icelandic writer, and, uh, and he writes this kind of sci-fi that is not so much not so much about technology but more about the humanity aspect and how humanity will change in the future and that kind of stuff he calls it pancake sci-fi i don't call it pancake sci-fi but since he calls it like that it's like a human approach to science fiction and it's like purely like human evolution and cultural futurism and that kind of stuff he became my biggest influence but uh but yeah, that's uh, <coughs> other influences I have that are not necessarily sci-fi. I would say Jorge Luis Borges. He's an Argentine writer. And he, he managed to say so many things in so few words. I want to be like him when I grow up. You know, Borges is a <laughs> genius. I, I am nothing compared to Borges. He's fantastic. And I am just like a new beginner, emerging writer, whatever. But, you know, he's an influence. So I don't know. And I, to, to go back to the classics even more, one of my biggest, biggest, biggest like people, you know, you know, when writers are like, oh, you're going to be in the next blah, 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 you know, like mm -hmm. Stephen King or they always compare themselves to like a big name. I compare myself. Please compare me to Mary Shelley. I want to be the blind Mary Shelley. That's the one I'm going to be. <laughs> So oh. y'all, um, I linked it in the chat. Uh, Doll has a short story out. It is only 99 cents on Kindle. It's called Danger with Anger yes. in all caps. I love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Look at that and title. It's a good, it's, cool title. It's good a title. wordplay. It's a so wordplay, it's, of course. Uh, the description is, after a tourist is murdered at a famous plane wreckage in Iceland, Detective Gulliver Fox is hired to catch the killer. When he arrives at the scene of the crime, local police officers reveal a clear pattern between this and previous murders around the country. Just as Gulliver believes he has uncovered the killer's identity, things suddenly start getting personal. He must act fast and take serious measures or he might end up arrested or dead. So, dude, we got a little bit of, we got a little crime thriller thing going on. That's yeah. Holy yeah, shit, that synopsis. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good synopsis. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. 
a friend of mine helped me write that because that's the hardest part for me is to Synopsis promote. is hard when you're writing for your own work. Yeah. I don't I don't Good know friend. how to market. I don't know how to market myself, so I got I got help from a friend. <laughs> and then there is also this um short story anthology that doll has a short story in this book called summer heat yes which is a anthology so that's yes. pretty exciting so it has a lot of short stories in it it has a lot of short stories and mine is about a, a blind folk metal musician um who falls in love with a photographer and oh, maybe there is. is yeah yeah Early oh, here. a blind folk metal musician travels with the band to Iceland for a very special gig inside a lighthouse. There, a landscape photographer prepares a photo exhibit. An invisible force pulls these two strangers closer, reviving unexpected memories from their past. Ooh, that sounds good, dude. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I, need to, I still need to get both of these. I need to uh, need to get that for my Kindle. Yeah, you need to get that one because you have the other one. You have danger. Yeah, you yeah, should. from your Patreon, yeah. Yeah, from my Patreon, you got it. Because, like, when I was releasing it, I was like, dude, Patreons have been supporting me for a while. You get it for free. I mean, come on. It's yours. Yeah, that's what I did with the workbook, where I was like, people on Patreon, you can get the... I gave everyone... I gave the my Patreon supporters the workbook for free. But we'll be launching it tonight on the Sleepover stream. I'm going to be launching it. I will be there. I as long there. as it's it's working on Amazon at this point. I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour. Uh, <laughs> I'll be I, there for you. Exactly. Doll, when you write, are you just writing based on, like out of your imagination, or are you writing with an audience in mind? A, a little bit of both, but honestly, my audience is my mom and my mom is a very unique person so like i don't really think of like a massive i never think this is that this is a, something i have to work on because uh i'm sorry to i not to meet not to be the party pooper i i have depression so no i mean i have chronic depression and it's uh professionally diagnosed and uh, and i have a hard time getting the medications now so um it is hard for me to think that I am going to make it big and I am going to, you know, it's difficult. But when I write, what I do is that I write for whoever finds the story. I hope that that they get to see something new and they get to see something that will trigger their own imagination. Um, so I write a lot of imagination, but combined together with uh, like a little, little bit of personal, personal experience. And as you can tell, Iceland Iceland is a big part of my settings. I, I love Iceland. I visit I visited back in the times when I could travel and all that stuff. I, I was there and I did have my first photo exhibit ever inside that very lighthouse that I was writing about in the romance. So it has a little bit of truth, but not really because I make it into new characters and I combine it into something completely different. But yeah, so it comes from very personal stuff, but I try to separate it a little bit into a completely different story. And I just hope people like it. I, I, I'm not thinking I'm going to be the next Stephen King or something like that. I, I'm, I am myself. So if people like myself, if people like Dalsas Bruno, then they will maybe like my stories. <laughs> you, uh, you started and ended your point with with uh, making it big. You started by saying the word "making it big," and then you ended it by by bringing uh calling conjuring Stephen King's um I don't know presence uh <laughs> do, 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 do you see that as I guess on a, okay, so on a personal side 
Do you see making it big as sort of like a ceiling for either personal achievement or mental gratification? Uh, if so, what do you think making it big entails? And and I don't know, do you think making it big is a good end result or, or do you think that a, a different end goal is uh, more I think, just? Like I don't think I can handle it. This is why I'm so terrified of it. It's I don't think I can handle it. But at the yeah. same but at the same time, I understand that that it would be a way to sustain myself and be an independent, you know, like like a job. It would be a way to sustain my life. So that would be great. But the thing is, I don't know if I will be able to handle the rest of the stuff that come with it. If that makes sense. Yeah, but my question is, do you see making it big equaling sustaining yourself, or do you see it as uh, making or ma like facilitating it, or do you see them as two completely different entities? Like, do you think you could sustain yourself off of writing without making it big? No. You don't. So, so you think that the fame is? is I, what? I I see that midlist authors are disappearing. I see that. Yeah, um, I, I could, I could definitely. I mean, depends on depends on where you're looking. Um, I see it too, specifically with the big. Now it's the big four publishing, just because, uh, <laughs> because the it, once it becomes the big one, it's going to be uh, the 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 mainstream market, the traditional market is going to be incredibly uniform. And if you don't march in step, like here's the thing, we talk a lot about when we're writing. Um, and Savvy is brilliant on this topic, and I almost want to hand it off to her to talk about it, but narrowcasting. We talk about identifying these topics and finding our audience. Uh, yeah. The issue with the way that, pub with where publishing is going today, from where I see it, and I always hate it when I'm presenting an answer and not asking a question, so I'm going to see if I can flip this, but do you think that publishers Tell are me everything. I'm, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to make it a question. That way y'all can, can take the baton and I don't force it on you. Uh, do you think publishers are shifting their purpose being from the facilitators of taste to the taste makers who tell us what's good? Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, what I think in terms of this, I think I that think, there's, I think so. I, I think there's a problem that's happening right now with big companies, right? There's a, like you, like you mentioned the big five publishing houses have just merged into the big four and then pretty soon it'll be the big one. There'll be one publishing house. Versus Amazon. So, versus Amazon. And that's the problem. So right now the problem Amazon has is when you get these big companies that operate at a loss for the sake of driving out competition. And I find this really scary because right now Amazon can do small quantity print on demand cheaper than anyone else. I can get books printed. I can get um, a thousand Forever Home Friends books printed on Amazon for cheaper than I could get in any US-based printer. I would have to go to China to get it cheaper, right? And mm -hmm. I don't like I don't like working overseas. It's too much. I've tried it. It's too much hassle. So, uh, but on like through Amazon's print-on-demand services with KDP, I can get it cheaper <clears throat> than anywhere else than any other service. It's like in terms of like bulk printers, it's like I could get each book individually printed for about the same price that a US-based printer would need to print a thousand of each one in order to do that versus like um, if I want to get, you know, just one book or five books printed, it's going to cost like a fifth of what some of the other print on demand services are charging. And that scares me. It's, it's nice because it's like when you're first starting, it's easy to enter the game because you have this ability, but it scares me because they're operating at such a loss right now with that, that all it's going to do is drive out the other competition. When the other competition can't come close to competing with them, 
Amazon will be your only option. And then Amazon will be able to drive the price up as high as they want for anything. And because that's now your only option, if you want to enter the game independently, and I mean, it'll never be your only option. Like you could always bind books yourself. You know what I mean? Like you could always, you could always print things on a printer at home and you can make chat books. You can go back you can do like some 80 zine shit. Like anyone can do that. But if you want to have um, that type of distribution, it's going to like that. So that's what scares me is that that's the yes. kind of place that we're in right now where it's like, do you want the big, this big publisher that is going to determine what you can do? Or do you want to play into Amazon dictating the market prices? And it's very scary to me. So I don't really know how to handle that because as one person and as one small business owner, like I think one day I'm going to take forever home friends off of Amazon once I'm at, at, at that point where I can, but um, it's just kind of like, I, it's, it's hard. It's hard because it is very it, scary. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the reason, okay. The reason why I'm going traditional is because I don't have the funds to self publish myself professionally. And since uh -huh. I am partially, and since I am partially blind, I need an editor and I need, you know, mm -hmm. people who can see it. Yeah. To, to. I think we lost uh, oh, doll. doll. You cut out. Okay, let's see if she just, comes just, back. Just as she was getting into Help like the me with elk the meat of it. Parts that are more, more technical because of, because blindness. So I know that uh, I need help. Oh uh, no, you keep freezing. That she keeps freezing. Oh no. Um. But while she's frozen, I'll just say. Oh, we're, we're, I mean, as far as on the indie side, I, I can. Oh, is she back? Are you back? On the indie side, I see your point. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'll shut up the second she comes back and starts talking. Yeah. Um, but still. Am I back? Right. I heard you. You're back. I heard you. You're a little frozen, uh, though. Sorry. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm back? Yep. You're back. Yes, you're back. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So the thing is that... Uh, so like I was saying before it cut off, I don't know. It's, I'm partially blind. Mm -hmm. And I need professional help because obviously I will not be able to catch all the technical parts by myself. So I need money for that. I need like, it's a trilogy, you know, it's a science fiction trilogy. It's like a big, so that's why I do short stories first. So I can like build up an audience yeah. maybe, but this is the reason why mm -hmm. I am going with traditional publishing. It is not because I want to make it big. It's like simply, I don't have the capital to start. So I need to go traditional way if I want a professional book in the hands of my readers because I care about my readers, mm -hmm. whoever they might be. But, you know, I don't know who my readers are, but whoever they are, I care. That's the kind of thing I am going for. So this is the reason why I'm going traditional. I am not that big of an ambitious because I said I cannot really handle it. I This is the first time I'm showing my face and it's... <laughs> so like showing my face uh, like in this particular channel and it's always difficult you know i i only show myself if i feel comfortable so that's why i'm doing it but you know, you see i cannot really handle much of so i i know that i am better off being small the thing is in order for me to be small and be happy it i need capital to start and i just don't have it 
So I am in this pos- I am in this position where I am I don't know what to do and I am also scared because I see where the industry is going and I feel like there's less and less and less and less place for me as a as a as an artist because of the things that I like to write. I mean, I I like to write about this distant places, you know, Iceland, and I like to bring in blind characters, and I I don't see that in in many of the big books. I it's rare that I find that. So I see like the taste makers, as RK was saying, they are very homogenous. You know, they want like the same thing, because they they decide what's good. And I know that what I I'm doing is not good according to you know test taste makers and stuff. So I. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm just going to do the best I can with what I have and hopefully people will find me. I don't know. It's social media, I guess. <laughs> well, here's, I, here's, mm-hmm. I was just say as far as like that's concerned with the tastemakers and shit. I mean, just just to bring it all back together with traditional indie. I'm my my big question is with the big publishers is do they find a large audience and now they are pleasing them with the same shit or did they create that audience and tell them this is good and you should enjoy it? And then on the indie side, it's all about finding the audience. And then of course, in order to find that audience, you need capital, whether it be time capital to actively search them out or uh, money capital to advertise and then have them find you and funnel them in. So on, on the traditional side, I do see your point because I don't see books that you're talking about uh, represented in traditionally publishing. I also don't know if it's going to go with that route because I don't know if it's profitable. And it's not because the audience doesn't exist. I'm sure it does. Uh, Stephen King says, you look, you find your ideal reader and we as humans aren't as unique as we like to think we are. If one person likes your book, chances are every single person with similar tastes will like that book. And even if it's a percentage of a percentage, that's enough people to make a, to make a living off of. But is it profitable to a business? And then on the indie side, like how are you able to find that one person and everyone who uh, has the same taste to them in the past. And I mean the past, like within the last decade, it was identifying likes on Facebook, but Facebook's purpose has completely shifted over the years and people trust it less and less. So I don't know if Facebook is able to identify tastes as well as it mm-hmm. used to. Um, yeah, so Facebook, it, Facebook yeah. is a sinking ship. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, this is an interesting point you're making. This is actually one of the few things that I agree with Ben Shapiro on because I'm rereading his book that I read in high school and he's- Your mom's an interesting point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm rereading this book cause I'm going to, I originally started reading this Ben Shapiro book cause I was like, oh, I was so, such a cringy, edgy teenager. I'm going to put the, do a review of this book I read in high school and completely roast it. But like I, there are a lot of things to roast in it. Ben Shapiro is incredibly homophobic and thinks that lesbians on TV is liberal <laughs> propaganda. And like, it's very rude, but there wow. are some points he makes that I think actually play into a larger conversation. And he does talk about narrow casting, which I think is cool because I'm like, I've never, other than like a few, like, um, I guess academics that study media and things like that. I don't normally hear people talking about it, but he talks about it and he, he talks about like the, the he seems to think that the, the taste maker idea is a good thing because he wants to return TV back to the, the clean traditional values and whatever. But that is a point that he talks about where it's like, you know, back in the, you know, fifties and sixties TV was uh, the, I think this is the same for books now was dictated by like, you know, the, there was the, the, MPCC and the FCC and they had a lot of uh, regulations around that and then stations put out what they thought was going to be good for 
for uh, having a wholesome culture. They put out things that they thought were going to be beneficial to society, and that was the only option you had, so people learned to like those things. Then narrow casting started more when, you know, TV started being like, okay, here's um, this show is something that mom like this is a show that dad would like this is a show the kids would like and they were all different shows as opposed to like a show that the whole family was supposed to watch together so that's where it started and now we now we got like netflix stream and we got everything it's branching off even more from there and i think that that's kind of does speak to the point where like yes to an extent i think there are companies that are intentionally trying to promote something and are intentionally trying to make create what they think the culture should be through what they put out there because they do have such a hold on the industry. Yeah. And uh, narrow casting is real. I mean, like you said, this is for moms. I mean, it's now it's even more specific than that. Now it's like, this is for single moms making under $50,000 a year with one kid living in Chicago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, yeah, I definitely think that like, and it's interesting to read this book now because it was written 10 years ago. Oh, and dear. it's just just seeing how much uh, how much like streaming and the internet and how much like the segmenting things has exploded even more since then. Just find it interesting. So mm, it is very, it is very interesting. It is mm-hmm. uh, and scary because like I don't oh, yeah. the problem I have as a person, uh, the per- the problem I have as a person is that uh, I don't like bigger people telling me what to do, what to like. Yeah. Same. I, I don't like. <laughs> I, I don't like kids and, and so I feel like it like this this is why I like I said I feel like I cannot handle it because mm-hmm. it, if they start telling me what to write how to write how to act you know like all these things I'm gonna be like Perkele, I'm out bye uh-huh. it's like, I, I, I I'm, I'm a very rebellious person in that sense so uh, it, it is difficult for me to like find if I want to be a successful writer in any way that so successful may entail, I, I don't care. But like, I just, I just want to make this a serious career, but I just don't know how to do it with the kind of things that I am writing about and, and where my audience is. Now, I know my audience exists. They, they are oh, out definitely. there somewhere. I agree. They, they exist. I, I have a beautiful story that I should make a video about uh, soon in my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, someone contacted me through a YouTube, like it was a, another person's YouTube video, and in the comments I said, "Well, I haven't seen a story like blah blah blah,", blah and I described the premise of my sci-fi, and all of a sudden, like a year later, all all out of the blue, a random person comments like, "Hey, that sounds interesting. How can I read it? Where can I find it?" I was like, "Uh." please contact me on social media so I would explain like I'm querying, it's not ready, I can yeah. give you a first chapter if you want to see it. So so we chatted for a bit and the person read the first two chapters and they said, I want this to be published, I want to buy the full book, like this is very fresh, I like it. So it was a beautiful experience. This person doesn't know how much how much I cried out of happiness <laughs> that day because because my audience exists. They are, they yeah. exist, they are somewhere. I just I just don't know like all the techniques to to put my things in front of them, you know, I, I just don't know what to do. I, I'm just a writer. I don't know all the, the technical business side of it. So it is scary to see what the bigger dogs are doing already. And it is harder and harder for people like smaller, 
smaller people to to get in the door and to find the people you know to find the audience that they they are looking for so Here. this is uh oh sorry um okay. i think this is i like your point about how like there's those re like even just like one small interaction can just serve as so much motivation because it reminded me of how i first met rk um which was like omegle Oh my god! That was three years ago, and we uh, our we have a mutual friend Chelsea who is an indie author as well. Runs a publishing she, house. She runs a publishing house, and she she was publishing Sculpt Yourself, and she decided to send RK an arc of it. And I hadn't met him before. She sent she sent him an arc, and I went on Goodreads, and he had posted before he even got the arc. It was like on the Goodreads page, and was like, "I'm so excited for this book! Like, I'm so excited for this book to come out." And I had never had anyone tell me before that they were so excited. Like someone I hadn't like I had people tell me that like Forever Home Friends, like the people who had pitched on Kickstarter and that kind of thing. But like people on the internet on Goodreads, I never had someone before be like, "I'm so excited! I can't wait for this book!" And I was like, "Ah." Oh. And then we've been friends ever since. That yeah. <laughs> that was history. <laughs> I yeah. I am a I am another big fan of Forever Home Friends. I have been voting. <laughs> I have two emails, so I have been voting voting for Forever oh, Home thank Friends you. every thank day you. with two different accounts. I hope it helps somehow. Yeah, I need to look at. I'm, I know voting ends today. I'm not sure what time. I'm not sure if it ended already. I should look that up. But. Yeah, but anyway, that's just funny. It's just like those very small things. Like you have someone just comment on YouTube. It was like, you like amazing things can happen from that. And I think a lot of us are quick to write things off because it's like, oh, it's just one comment or it's just one person said so that's not a big deal. But no, dude, some of those things really can matter. And some really can of, some of these things, you yeah. know, it's a person who is like on the other side of the world. It's like somewhere in the Asian continent I just don't disclose because you know out of respect and privacy and all that but yeah. it's a person that is on the other side of the world like mm -hmm. they, they have nothing to you know we there's no uh transactionalism here the person just wanted to read it and I said well I'm querying but I can show you what I have at the moment like the beginning so you can see the beginning and tell me if you like it if you would like to see more and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. But it's an it's a person it's a person somewhere on the other side of the world, you know. It, it it means a lot to me that there is like no border for my story. Like there's it is not oh it's a very um Icelandic only story that only Icelanders are going to understand. No. It it, it can be liked by uh, I, I just say Iceland because it, this is one of my most prominent settings. Um, the sci-fi is not set in Iceland. It's in space, actually. But I'm not writing something that is like culture specific to one specific demographic. And then someone who wherever in the world, they can like it. And when it happens that someone actually like it, likes it, no matter where in the world, it it really moves me and it makes me want to continue writing even if it seems like a big mountain that i cannot climb by myself i i will still try because i know that maybe someone out there will like it well iceland it, or space is the original iceland so it makes sense that you're going into sci-fi and as far as like what we're talking about right now I, know, I guess my big question that i'm coming away with this is is it more important to identify the audience first or the product uh bringing it back to 
this is marketing by Seth Godin. He says that you should always start with a lock and then build a key for it, which tells me you find the audience first and then build a product for them. So with your um, books, I mean, I'm, do I'm doing it upside down. <laughs> I mean, I I've been doing it upside down my entire life. Um, so I, I, I hear you on that. And it's just, it's, it's almost difficult. It's, it's sort of difficult with books too, because you're balancing the idea of, of art versus uh, profit, um, which sometimes feels a little, uh, I don't know, off balance or off centered. And the other thing is too, like identifying an audience is hard. I mean, th that's really difficult. I know personally, I, if, if someone, if someone walked up to me and said that, that like they were a fan, I wouldn't be able to tell, like I could trust the words coming out of their mouth, but I would look at them and be like, how, who the fuck are you? Um, like, I, I, I don't, I don't think I can break down my audience. And I, I mean, I think that's a problem personally, uh, something I need to fix. I'm wondering if, if that's something that you see as, as an important thing to look at if you're creating something, even something creative, uh, identifying the audience first and then building a solution or a product that, that generates a certain feeling. My my audience, I I have an like I said, I have an idea who they might be like. Uh, but like I said, my mom, and who is my mom? And I try to see. It's not because uh, for new people that don't know me, adoptive mom, so uh, not biological. Uh, and I think who is she? Okay, she's a person who has had plenty of life experiences. So she basically has lived three lives in one. And she has traveled to many places. She has friends from all over the world. So she even speaks a few bits and pieces of many languages because of her friends. Um, she likes new experiences and she likes uh, very human stories where the focus is not so much on the technology and the and the big corporation robots destroying the planet, that's not what she wants. She wants a story about the regular people, you and me, maybe in a completely futuristic world where things are a little bit different. And so we develop this curiosity of how things would be for people who are different in the future. So a person with a lot of life experience who likes different cultural things, who enjoys the beauty of our world, that kind that is the person that i would go for but it is as you see it's not like it's not like i'm targeting it to um survivors of mlm scammer bisexual americans feel called i'm out. not doing uh, no, 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 no. It is an example because I'm like, like what, like what? You see, I'm not very good at thinking of examples. So I thought, no, okay, savvy. It's <laughs> no, it's a joke. Go ahead. It's savvy, you're everyone's example. I'm everyone's example. Uh, you're, you're, you're my example of I am not being specific enough. You know, I, I never uh, know how I, to. I, go I'm the, I'm the example. <laughs> I, I don't know how to go that, like that specific, like savvy. No. So, so, but I know that people like my mom exist, people who, with a lot of life experiences and a lot of like, oh, travelers who like reading. I don't know, that kind of thing. So that's my audience. I know them now. I don't know where are they traveling, I guess. So, so, well, not, not in the pandemic, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know where they are. And, and again, I guess the blindness comes to play because I, sometimes I just don't know where to search. And I am immune to many advertisements because, again, I don't see. I, I, the little eyesight I have left, I keep it for the things that I need to focus on. 
and the rest it's like invisible so it is very hard for me to find my audience like that but i know more or less what who i want to read my books so it is just like putting the pieces together i guess this is what i have to learn next uh, I have a question for the audience now because I see Haley Mist is commenting a lot on this topic. Um, and my question is, are trends and audience the same thing? Because I, I, personally, I, I think identifying no. an audience is different than, than identifying a trend. Um, Definitely. Like you can identify a trend and find the audience within that trend. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that finding an audience is still, is still, there's a comment up here that's like, um, we have to write what we know and what we're interested in. And I completely agree with that. And I think you can find an audience in something that you know and are interested in without it being a trend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am interested in many things. So I write about them. And what I don't really know very well, well, I research it because, you know, science fiction, you need to, you need to look things up. You need to figure out certain things if you want to write about it. You don't know everything when you come into science fiction. And this is why a lot of people feel intimidated when it's not true. I mean, it's not an intimidating, intimidating genre. You know, be brave to say, I don't know that. How does that work? And you go and figure it out. So it is a genre for curious people. I think that Sesame Street meets Marcus Aurelius is, is beautiful. It also might be Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, like, I always I love, love it. doing that where it's like it's this thing meets this thing meets this thing. Yeah. Oh, have you oh, ever I, done that? I'm on not, no, I'm not. I'm not good at this. Miss meets this. Miss that. I I don't know why would why would I do that when I write a story? I'm like, I have an idea of this person and this is the life that they're gonna live and this is. I'm not thinking yeah. of. I, okay, this is, uh, Savvy, you're an extrovert. I am an yes. introvert. Yes. I look inside. I am always within, 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 within. I need to work on looking a little bit outside because I, I, I dig into my internal world when, when building a story. I look and I do research and I learn and I absorb and I do all those things. But I am an introvert. I don't know yeah. what's happening outside and the whole Game of Thrones meets stranger things and i you see i mentioned the biggest ones because i have heard of them but i don't hear so much of what's happening outside and that's a problem and i know it's a problem i just don't know exactly how to fix it sometimes yeah uh, this is tvtropes.org which is one of the most addictive websites you'll ever go on and this is oh. their pitch generator and if anyone has ever looking for ideas for pitches to like create <laughs> something new it's hilarious so like you just you just type it and it randomizes a bunch of pitches so like we got elton john oh meets God. enclave uh two soldiers meets wushy uh snow white zombie apocalypse meets far cry 5 ragnarok meets merman in a tub like it's just it's just goofy <laughs> but it, it can call it like you can definitely find inspiration in it yeah, it sounds funny. I, now, I don't know what, what would I do with these, because again, a lot of them I don't know. Uh, sure, you could just like randomize until like, that's the thing I found is helpful. Like if you're just completely out of ideas, just like get two random things and try to find a connection between them. And, and even, if those, it, yeah. even if those things like, even if you end up straying away from the original things, like by trying to find it, you might come up with a new idea. That's what I, I found. I think it's I think it's a it's a great idea, and I need to experiment more with this, 
So I see the reality of how industries work and how like there's like not real place for like introverted people. It's like mm-hmm. like you always have to the whole saying of don't think about what others think, it's not true because if you want to put your thing out there, you have to look at what others are doing and what others are saying and thinking. Yeah. Because you, you need to find you it is so so the whole oh don't pay attention to others. It it is actually bad advice if you if you want to put your things out there you you have to think of the others yeah yeah that's what that's what's hard is the whole like um this is what i've always roasted rachel hollis for when she does her her mlm speeches Mm. on a stage and she'll be like if you want to run your business you can't waste your time looking at other people's social media and i'm like that's false like like the thing is you don't have to look at other people's social media like with the with the eyes of someone who wants to be them it's right like, you yeah, want to look that, at it in terms of like what do their customers want you need to look yeah. at it in terms of like can i gain inspiration for my own from this and she's like oh people say they're doing research on social media but all they're doing is making themselves feel bad and it's like well you gotta you have to look at it from the perspective you can't just just uh, shut yourself off from the things that make you feel bad all the time mm-hmm. because that's watch no me. Way, that's well, okay. <laughs> watch like, me. That's, I just think that's no way to run a business. You have to. You have to like if someone else is doing better than you, look at what they're doing and right. see if you can learn from them as opposed to just ignoring them no. because you want to feel like you're the best in that moment. I also think identifying. Like you, you mentioned, you want to be successful. You want to live off of writing. I think identifying exactly what that entails is a fantastic start for you because oh, yes. if you can live off of two thousand dollars a month, then that's a lot more achievable than being the next Stephen King. Right. I and and that's exactly you. You read my mind because this is what I want. Okay, my life dream, my life goal is to have a small house like those tiny houses, or if not a tiny house, like a small cottage, in cottage. Yeah, like a cottage in the middle of, like, not in the middle of nowhere because I am blind. Again, I need public transportation, so I have to be realistic. Uh, but, like, in, in a very nature, beautiful nature place, I want a small cottage. Um, I don't want any neighbors. I just want, like, some somewhat isolated but still connected to maybe a train stop or something like that. And uh, and I want to have, of course, like Wi-Fi so I can communicate with the rest of the world and just live a small, simple life in a small house and I can create beautiful stories. Like, really, I, I, I don't ask for much. I, yeah. I, don't want I think that's much. why it is good to set a goal of like, yeah, if you want to, how much money do you want your writing to make every month, ideally? And like, for me, I've noticed that I make almost that much already on my YouTube channel. So like for me, I just got to- Oh, Savvy, we get it. You're successful. No, I actually, I've been in like the first couple of months of 2021, I've been in a rut a little bit. Uh, this channel's not been doing as well, but that's okay. But it's a thing where it's like, okay, so I this isn't making money off of my, the, off of writing specifically. I do still make money off of writing, but when you combine it all, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like there's a- you know, success can come in different forms. It's the multiple mm-hmm. income streams and all that. Now I have to hire an accountant. My taxes are insane. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is very interesting. You see, accountant, because I don't know how to. You see that those are other parts of successful that I feel like I will not be able to handle very well. 
So I just want a small life. The yes. difference is that I want a small life that I can that I can be like fully independent, you know. I, yeah. That, I don't I want can see it. Like, you living in one of those tiny houses that people like post on Facebook. Like, have you seen this cute tiny house? I could see you living in one. Yeah, of you'll make I, one of the top 12 like tiny houses. You'll make one of those lists accidentally. Um, I'm gonna, the goal, the hard part is to get the land for the tiny house. Also, the, the most costly part will be getting the, getting to be in that house itself. Just and become an American citizen. Is, then you can plant a flag and take over the world like on a true American. Oh, well, I I will need help with, uh, I am not American for everyone who is in That's the path. That's why you become a citizen. If you become a citizen and you get the flag, you can go to Iceland, you can plant the flag in someone's backyard and say, hey, this is my house now. I'm American. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if I want to live in Iceland, but it would be interesting to try. Um, yeah. Maybe Canada, maybe the States. I want to live somewhere cold or maybe just stay in, in Argentina. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. You it, should come to Chicago. We're cold and we have public transit. And you come to New Orleans. Trans We're hot and have public transit. Well, Dal wants to no, live somewhere I cold. Like cold. <laughs> I want to live somewhere. I want to live somewhere cold. I I want to live if somewhere. If you live in somewhere hot, if you live somewhere hot, seventy degrees feels cold. It's beautiful. That's <gasps> wild. That's today's fifty-four. It's fifty-four. I know today, what And I'm just like, I'm like, oh, it's fifty-four. I can go out without a big jacket. It's it's beautiful. I know out. what he means, though. I know what he means because yeah. I have been. I have lived in both. I have lived in. Uh, very hot and kind of temperate climate which was Hungary which is kind of temperate and I have been to Finland and Iceland so I have seen all the climates and I my favorite is the cold it's my favorite my ultimate like dream of where I, I'm too old for this kind of dream now but like my ultimate like extrovert living situation would be I'd love to live in one of those like I'd love to get like a big house with a bunch of other creators like all the cringy oh god you want to be a vlog squad we have like the like oh. i know but i would love to do that i'd love to live in a house with like 15 other people where Can make we, team 12 yeah yeah team 100 like 10 to 10x yeah. team 10 but I, be, I i don't like having fun. my own space like i love i love when i can walk out into any room and there's Someone just people is there. in my kitchen. There's people in my living room. I love that kind of stuff. Like if I, I wouldn't walk, be able to survive. That's like I can't handle not having like the pandemic's been rough because I used to love when we just have friends over and like I'd just walk out in the morning. It's like, oh, someone's cooking something in our kitchen. Someone's sleeping on our couch. That's great. But now we don't have that. It's like it's just us living in this house or this apartment. I mean, we're even in an apartment in one of the biggest cities and I'm still feeling lonely. So yes, one of my, um, the, that's, that would be like my ultimate living situation is like sharing a house with like 20 friends. I mean, I, because I know you and you're a likable person, maybe I would be the one in the backyard. You could do the capitalist commune. That would be fantastic for you. Yeah, I could, uh, I could, I could have a YouTuber house. That could be fun, YouTuber house or a WeWork. Oh my god, that would be WeWork. Yeah, I could do something <laughs> like that. I want to I join this that. conversation. I want to tell where I want to live now. Where do you want to live? <laughs> okay, my dream. Y'all already know, like, my dream situation is getting wealthy enough where I leave the internet entirely and get to be a, a chess grandmaster in the park. Like, that's what I want to do every day. Where I want to live, I want to buy a lighthouse. 
I want to go the full Eminem meets Stanley Hudson, buy a lighthouse, maybe have a rocket ship attached to the lighthouse so I can go into space anytime I want, but ideally just the lighthouse. <laughs> I think, I think, I oh think my God, the light I love lighthouses. I just want to live in a lighthouse, walk to the I park, play chess all day, every day, smoke a lot of weed, go back to the Dude, lighthouse. I Dude, I am between the small house or the lighthouse. I want one of those like reclusive, solitary places. I love it. I love the lighthouse. I also have the knife because it has butter on it, so I've just been slowly licking it. You've just it. been like gesturing at people with the knife all day, like <laughs> it, it, it's not violent. It has butter on it, so I'm just like. <laughs> but, okay, like since we're doing that, then I can do this. <laughs> then I can gesture to you in my eyeliner, like. I'm going like full Mussolini fist with a knife. Oh, Ben Marie says Joe Rogan wants to do a comic commune in Austin. Dude, like that's that kind of thing is my dream. Living in some so it, type of big commune type of thing, but in an urban area. Like it, it fits with the living like Joe Rogan theme then. Because Yeah, you want to I guess I guess I'm more like Joe Rogan than I realized. You'll also be pretty close to me. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not going to move to Austin. I'm not moving somewhere. Not even for Joe Rogan? Well, if I could live in Joe Rogan's commune, maybe I would move to Austin for that. Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan sends you a personal invitation. Hey, I love the podcast. I love that y'all were living like me for a week. Come live on my commune. Oh, yeah. You're turning that down? No, I wouldn't turn it down. But you would turn it down. I Yeah, I mean, I found... So, like, you know, with life, maybe if there's three pillars, it's, like, where you live, uh, who you're living with, and your career. I definitely have the where you live pillar done. I don't see myself ever leaving New Orleans. If I do, if I ever have to leave New Orleans, I'm leaving the country. I, that's the thing. I, I love Chicago. I just, I would love to, like, I this is this has been my home forever. Like, my, my family's all from here. So, like, I would never want to leave here because I love this city so much. However... I would love for there to be a place here where I could have like some kind of house with tons of people. The, Just join the, Second City. Yeah. I wanna I wanna live maybe and this is this is why I would Canada or the United States would be good, be, because I wanna be closer to where my mother is. Mm -hmm. Adoptive mother, so no, she cannot give me the papers. I'm not American. Um, but you know, it's adopted, it's complicated, but I'm not going to yeah. go into details, but you know, this is, this is one of the reasons why I would like it to be like Canada or the States, because I would be closer to mom so I could visit her and, uh, or, or a place where it would be easy to also travel to Finland to see my father because, uh, my adoptive father is in Finland. So traveling maybe a few times a year is part of the budget that I want for my life but it's not like constantly traveling the world no it's like uh, just to see my parents you know it's that kind of life doll that, the, yeah? the United States is a frame of mind okay if you really want to be in America go outside and plant a fucking flag America will reward you okay this, oh, this really? is the history of our country if you really? can go outside and claim your neighborhood for America, you'll not only be American, you'll be a wealthy American. Oh, wow. So that, that's all you got to do. Like, if you want to be American, it's that easy. Go outside and plant a flag. Go outside and plant a flag. Oh, wow. I, I, I need to try that at some point. Just, just try it. Just try it. I mean, be careful because you'll probably, you know, offend someone, yeah. but you're also American, so that won't, shouldn't bother you. <laughs> I, I suppose I suppose my biological father would be proud finally because he is American. My biological father is. 
American, right. like born in Ohio, I think. Oh wow! But yeah, he is. But uh, complicated again. He never existed in my life, so I don't have any rights. I don't have any papers. I don't have any anything. So I'm basically not American, but I am. But I'm not. But I am. <laughs> so, yeah, that's frustrating. So, it is very frustrating. My life is like I am a nomad. I I I am a nomad. I don't really have a place that I can call home. And this is why I write about space because who whose home is space? Like where are you from? I'm from space. I don't know. It's like I don't have a country. <laughs> well, America did plant a flag on the moon, so space is also American. <laughs> that is true. The moon is American. The so moon is American. You we just didn't it. care about it because there's no oil. <laughs> we just didn't care. But if there were, if there was oil on the moon, you you better build. Like, can you, you imagine? Bet, can you bet imagine? there will be. You bet there will be colonies over there, like uh, the the new 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 Florida or something. They they will already be there. <laughs> if this rover found oil on Mars, you better believe that all re like we would not have public schools anymore. They would just be like, okay, we're taking all of this money. We're and taking all the funds or we're going to Mars now. We don't, have, going... we don't have hospitals anymore, guys. We're taking all of this money. You want to you wanna get better, you go find you go find a witch. They're going to put a spell on you. Hopefully it cures your cancer. We're sending this money to space now. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's all for the oil. It's I know. all for the oil. <laughs> I know. It's all for the oil. That's why space is so black. It's not the absence of life. We just got to put a vacuum up there in the vacuum and suck out the oil. <laughs> I would love to read your sci-fi. It would be so cool. Yeah, it's like David Sedaris meets uh, Isaac Asimov. Well, shit, I'm going to fuck up his name. <laughs> Isaac Asimov. Know what you mean. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Asimov, yeah. Asimov. Asimov. He's like the grand... Asimov. Asimov. He's like a grand... <laughs> um, all right, y'all. Unfortunately, I got to wrap or up something. this stream in a second. You started... Oh, sorry. Yeah? I'm going to have to no, wrap I... up the stream in a second because we are, I got to, you know, handle my dog. Um, Hi, Chewy. <laughs> we love Chewy. But we will be back here at the same time again tomorrow. Um, I put the link in the chat. You can still vote for Forever Home Friends in the FedEx contest up until 11.59 Eastern time tonight. So, Bye, Doll's Story. Check out Mushroom bye. Story's latest video. By Doll's story, Danger. It sounds really good. Uh, check all that thank out. You. Doll, thank you so much for coming on our stream this morning. We really appreciate having you here. And I'm super happy to be here. This is so fun. You guys are you guys are amazing. I love you. I love oh, your podcast. You're amazing. You. You're amazing too. We're so glad you came on the show. <laughs> Bye, friends. I'm actually gonna wave today. Waving with the knife. Bye, everybody. See y'all tomorrow morning. <laughs> Bye.